Good morning, everyone, and welcome. I'm Peter Hall, and suffer and suffered from serious injury two and a half years ago. I give you many thanks for your prayers for me and my wife, Susan. And here I am for this morning's diary reading for the 10 a.m. St. John's service. I have been asked to read from the Bible the Psalms. The book of the Psalms are in the Hammond book and prayer book of the Bible. The book of the Psalms has 150 Psalms. I have been asked to for the I've been asked to read Psalm 1 this morning. Psalm 1 can be found on page number 843 of our Holy Bible, New International Version. Psalm 1, true happiness. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel by the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. But his delight is in the Lord of the in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches other over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Pete. If we've not met, my name is Tom. I'm vicar here. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to think about those words together. Heavenly Father, the writer of that psalm had such delight in your words and in you. And I would love to have the same. 
I would love for us all to have the same. Lord, only you can do that. So would you meet with us again in our hearts by your Holy Spirit and enable us to delight in you and your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in some ways, this opening psalm, as Pete said, in a book of 150 psalms right there in the middle of the Bible, is quite simple. It's quite short. It says, don't follow in the way of the wicked and the sinners and the mockers. There's no blessing there. But instead, delight in the law of the Lord. Meditate on his law day and night. I've got the words up here on the screen. Because if you do that, Psalm 1 tells us, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Withering leaves are one of the banes of my life at the moment. On Friday, my day off, I think I spent about an hour and a half raking leaves from the huge cherry trees along the side of the vicarage garden that had blown over the previous few weeks and carpeted that lovely grass lawn with leaves. I think I spent about an hour and a half on Friday raking those leaves. And then I woke up on Saturday morning. <laughs> you could literally see the bits that I'd done because the fresh leaves were yellow and the old leaves where I left them were brown. And we had this sort of yellow and brown stripy garden. But Psalm 1 says that those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on God's law day and night are like trees whose leaves do not wither. There is life, real life, spiritual vitality to be had for those who will delight in the law of the Lord. And when the psalmist talks about the law of the Lord, they are referring to the scriptures. Uh, Obviously, when this was written, when this was first composed... The Bible, even the Jewish section, the, you know, the Jewish scriptures weren't complete. And the law was a shorthand, really, for the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, uh, of which are still the first five books of our Bibles. And so when the psalmist is talking like this about the law, they mean the scriptures, the word of God. Blessed is the one who delights in God's word and who meditates on God's word day and night. Now our laws, the laws by which we live or try to live or hopefully try to live in this country, are always going to be a bit of a mixed bag. They're always going to be, to some extent, fallible. They are created by humans to try and organize our society. They might undergo constant change as the world around us changes even down to, for example, how safe it is to drive based on cars and their abilities. So our experience of laws in this life is always a bit mixed. But the Bible talks about God's law, his instruction, his word, as the perfect gift, God's loving way to guide us in the life 
he's given us. I talked recently about our identity and about trusting that we are people made in the image of God. And therefore, the best way to enjoy the life we've been given is to listen to the maker's instructions. But it's no good someone simply telling you to delight in the law or to delight in God's word or even to delight in Jesus himself. I could stand here every week for the rest of our lives. We could read this psalm every single day. But someone simply telling you to do it will never change the way that you feel. Just being told to delight in something will not make you delight in it. Let me give you an example. Holiday photos. Or more specifically, somebody else's holiday photos. Now they might sit you down, pull out the album. They've had a lovely time. Can't believe it. Weeks somewhere really hot. Beautiful weather, beautiful scenery, great, fantastic time. And they sit you down and they show you their album of photos or these days perhaps swipe through it on a tablet or iPad. And they're telling you just how wonderful it was, this holiday that they had. They want you to delight in it just as they delighted in their holiday. They want you to feel the same excitement and wonder and appreciation for the time that they were having and the places that they went and the people that they met and the food that they tasted. But it's never the same. They were there. They had the experience. For them, the photographs are a reminder of what it was that they experienced when they were there. For you... For me, looking at someone else's holiday photos, it's much more a reminder that we weren't there. They could show you all the photos. They could tell you all about it. They could take you hour by hour through their whole itinerary. But if you weren't there experiencing it for yourself, you won't feel the same delight. You have to be there to get the experience of delighting in that holiday. And it's the same with the words of this psalm. The reason that the writer of this psalm can write those words with such passion is because they themselves know the Lord and delight in the presence of God. They're not someone who's simply been told these things These words come from someone who has experienced it for themselves. And they want other people to experience it as well. Clearly this psalm opens this whole book with this invitation to delight in the law of the Lord. But simply being told to do that won't get you there. You have to come to know the Lord for yourself. You have to spend the time for yourself, immersing yourself in his word to you, meditating, doing what the psalmist says, in order to get that sense of joy and delight. You can't walk with Jesus through somebody else. It has to be you and me for ourselves 
knowing the Lord so that we delight in him. We delight to hear his voice. We delight to open the pages of this, these words that he's given us where he promises to speak such that our hearts are excited by this wonderful gift we have to spend time with him day by day. You can't have that close walk with the Lord through someone else. You can't get there through another Christian's holiday photos. It has to be there for you. We have to open our hearts to enable the presence of his Holy Spirit to come and make that dwelling place with us such that as we read his word, we hear his voice speaking into our lives. It's always a great sign to me when someone has come to that place of uh, turning to the Lord, of receiving that gift of, of new life, new birth in him, because it so often happens that those people then say, I can't believe it, but I'm, I'm finding myself really wanting to read the Bible. Like, like differently. Like, like I kind of read it before, but now when I read it, it's like the words jump off the page to me. It's like I can actually hear God speaking. So often it's the case that in those early days of really knowing that Jesus is there, it's, it just transforms the way that we come to his words. Lifts off the page. Changes our hearts. Renews our minds. Helps us to see the world God's way and to see ourselves the way he sees us. You can't do that from someone else telling you. You have to experience it for yourself. In a moment, I'm going to give some uh, practical ideas, some suggestions for ways that we can day by day make sure that we're walking closely with the Lord and delighting in his word, delighting to believe that he will do what he says and speak through the words that he's given us. But before we get to those sort of practical ideas, I wanted to just dwell here for a moment in those beautiful words of the psalm. Delight in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The only way to have that delight is to spend time with the Lord. Make time. So here are some practical ideas on how you might like to do that. Now you might already have a really good habit, a great rhythm of spending time with the Lord, delighting in his word, speaking with him, praying, just enjoying knowing that he's there. And if you do, great. But I know that it's not something we talk about all of the time in very practical ways, so I wanted to just give some suggestions, and then I'm going to talk through some things that we've got here, some resources that I hope might help. The first practical suggestion is from Jesus himself, which is always a good place to start, isn't it? These are the words of Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, and it's Jesus teaching on prayer, teaching, as it were, on quiet times, setting aside time each day to 
pray to the Lord, to spend time with him. He said this, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This was in response to what Jesus saw in some of the Pharisees of his day who would make a great show of their prayers using long, spiritual-sounding words really to impress the people that were listening rather than to talk honestly with God. What I love about Jesus' instructions is it's so simple. There's nothing showy, nothing flashy. Find a space, find a time, and be honest with God who already knows what's on your heart before you ask him. Find a place, find a time, be honest with the God who already knows what you need. I love those simple, practical words of Jesus. And he himself modelled that in his own ministry, constantly taking himself off to find a quiet space away from the crowds in order to spend time with the Father. At those key moments in his ministry, he always makes time to pray. He always makes time to walk closely with the Father. And he encourages us to do the same. One of the most helpful things I heard on this was not to think of ourselves as having a prayer life in the same way that we have a a work life and a home life and compartmentalize everything into its own little section, sort of dividing things up between the different things that we have to do and prayer life becomes one part of it. But instead to think of ourselves as as having a praying life where all of life can be lived knowing that God is with us Short prayers, keeping on the conversation, being honest with God about what we're thinking can happen all through the day. It doesn't have to happen just... (coughs) Excuse me, it doesn't just have to happen when we gather together, whether that's in, in church, on Sundays, or home groups. It doesn't even just have to happen if we do have, and I would encourage you to have, a time each day set aside. But actually whenever we have the opportunity to remind ourselves that God is with us by his spirit and he invites us to involve him in all of life, a praying life more than just a prayer life. And another little practical thing which has really helped me as I've prayed and tried to pray as I've read the Bible and then turned to prayer, one of the things that I helped in an excellent book called A Praying Life, which is where I got that from, uh, by uh, Miller, A Praying Life. He talks about how we might sit down to have a quiet time with God each morning or each evening or whenever it is, read the Bible, move on to prayer, have some things that we want to pray about and then find ourselves distracted by what's on our minds. So you feel like you want to pray for these people in these situations, but then you close your eyes or find that quiet place, start talking to Jesus 
and find that your mind wanders onto other things that weren't on your list of prayers. And so we sort of say, well, no, I must get back to the important things. I must get back to these things I want to talk to God about. Well, the most helpful thing I heard on that was, if those are the things that your mind is going to, then those are the things that are on your mind right now. God knows it all. Why not pray into those things, even if they seem very trivial and very immediate? Pray into those things where your mind has wandered, and then come back to your list of prayers that you want to pray. If those are the things that are occupying your thoughts, then those are also things to give to God. There is, for the Christian, no secular and uh, faith divide. All that we do is done in the presence of God and all can be done to the glory of God. So all those things that might occupy our thoughts can be legitimately prayed into to the Father who loves us and knows all about us even before we speak to him. This is what it looks like for me, just as a suggestion. To find a time each day to really focus entirely on the Lord. This is just what I do, or try to do. Don't always manage to do it, but this is what I try to do. And I I just hold it up as one suggestion. Uh, Probably maybe similar to what lots of people do, but you may not have thought about it before. Find a time, whenever that time is good for you. Find a space, like Jesus says, in the quiet. Pray and ask God to... Acknowledge his presence with you. I like to listen to some worship music or hymns. Some people might find that helpful, some might not. Read a Bible passage. Trust the word of God to speak. Delight in it. And I would say, don't read anything too long. I can never remember things if I read too long. I'm not very, I, on my sheet at the back, I've put down Bible in one year, but I find it's too much to take in. Keep it simple. I think Jesus' instructions in Matthew 6 Uh, apply to reading the Bible as well as prayer at quiet time with the Lord. Keep it simple. And then get some help in understanding it in context. You know, none of us have a perfect understanding of the Scriptures. None of us know everything there is to know or uh, the setting of everything that was written or who it was written to or by or what purpose. There's nothing unfaithful about getting some help. And I'm going to talk in a moment about some Bible notes that might help you with that. And then think, well, how does that apply to my situation? The true word of God speaking through the story of salvation. Well, how does that apply to us? It's important to remember where we are in salvation's story, that we live after the cross and before the return of Christ. And to understand where we fit in the truth of what God is doing in this world that he's made. Again, the Bible notes should help us to be able to do that faithfully. And then I'll pray for the faith to follow it up. Pray to ask God to help me to do or to believe or to live or to love in the way that I've been encouraged to through what I've read in the Bible. To pray with Bibles open, I think, is extremely helpful. We don't simply read the Bible, trust that God's spoken, then put it away and then pray. But enable what you've read in the Bible to inform our prayers so that it is God speaking into the way that we pray. And then I would suggest having some sort of list of things that you want to pray for, keeping some kind of update of different things that you're asking God's power and love and grace to be at work in. It's useful for remembering. It's also wonderful to be able to see where God answers those prayers. 
to remind yourself of what God has been doing so that you can keep on praying to those things for which you may still be waiting. So that's just what I do. Pray, listen, read, understand, apply, and then pray again for the faith and for others. You might have a slightly different way of doing it, but I would just so encourage all of us to find a time, find a place, to set aside, to open the Bible, let God speak, and to respond in prayer, knowing that he's with us. At the back of the church, on the bigger table, which you'll see directly as you make your way out of of the church this morning, I've put a huge selection of different Bible notes. They're in two, two sections. On the left, as you go out, is a series of current Bible notes that have been lent to us by St. Olaf's Christian Bookshop in Chichester. Those are not to take away, uh, but they are to have a look. And then if you like them, you find one that you find really helpful. It's written in a way that, that really speaks to you, and you find it really opens up the scriptures for you. Uh, then you can order it. And can I encourage you to order it from St. Olaf's? Um, we had a very passionate plea from someone there this week at Deanery. They're really struggling like a lot of bookshops. And it would be great to still have a Christian bookshop on our doorstep. Uh, so if you are going to start ordering some Bible notes, can I encourage you to, to do it through them and to support them and even go into the shop if you can uh, over the next few weeks and buy some Christmas presents, buy some Christmas books, Christmas cards, that kind of thing from there. But the pile on the left is to have a look for things, current notes that you might like to order if you haven't got something you use already. And then on the right, on that back table, uh, there's a a tray, and that has some older notes in it. Um, They're not currently dated ones, um, but they're free to take, free to take away. Um, Again, if you don't have something you currently use, then there's a whole stash of them there. The date doesn't really matter. Um, the main thing is that if you find them helpful to you for getting into God's word and leading you on to prayer and encouraging your faith. So the ones in the black tray, they're just to take. Please take them. Um, They're free to go. And then you can use those and perhaps order some later. There's also a sheet with some of the other resources, including apps, if you like using technology. Uh, There's a sheet there and there's a contact details for St. Olaf's. So all of that uh, is at the back of the church. You'll see it on the table there as you go out. And what I'll do is I'll stay in the church after I've said goodbye at the door. And if you'd like to come, I can talk you through some things or just explain it a bit more. Uh, Then I'll be based in here after service. You might like to go and get a drink and come back over uh, and then have a look through. Obviously, if you've got things that you use already which work for you, then fantastic. But if not... Here's some practical things that hopefully will be of a benefit to you and to your walk with the Lord. The most important thing is this, to remember this as we finish. Delighting in Jesus and his word grows from time spent with him. Delighting in Jesus and his word grows from time spent with him. I can preach until I'm red in the face telling you to delight in the law of the Lord. But the only thing which will enable you to delight in the law of the Lord is when you enable his Holy Spirit in you to open up the word he's given to us to show you his love, his grace, his peace, his hope, 
his joy and his promise of his presence with us. Delighting in Jesus and his word grows from time spent with him. So let's pray. Father, would you grow in us those blessings that Psalm 1 talks of? Would you give us the faith and the grace to avoid walking in those ways which lead us away from you? And instead, Lord, would you fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit that we would have that same delight and desire to spend time with you meditating on your word and speaking with you knowing that you are there. Father, we need you to do that for us. We know that we can't do it through someone else. It has to be, Lord, that you come into our hearts and walk closely with us. Thank you that you promised to do that. And so, Lord, even now this morning, would you open our hearts to you Oh Lord, by your spirit, would you remind us of your love? Would you give us that picture of our loving Father walking closely by us day by day? Would you fill us with a love for you that overflows into a love for one another and the world that you've made? Would you help us to delight in your word, to delight in you? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's respond as the musicians and singers come. We're going to just redo the order in response to that uh, soon. We're going to sing All I Once Held Dear. It's a great song to just respond to that promise of the Lord and delighting in him. So let's stand and let's make this our prayer. Knowing you, Jesus, there is no greater thing.